We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Thursday night edition of the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm sitting in for Chad Jensen. My name is Scott Kennedy. You might know me from Broncos for Breakfast or every once in a while sitting in on this show as well with my friend Zach Kelberman, who's sitting over here. Zach, how are you doing this evening, my friend? Feel a little out of place, Scott, on the left, as always. You know, people freak out about that, but um, I'm feeling a little better. I think you are as well. We're still kind of under the weather, but, you know, battling through in uh, mid-February, trying to get to the combine and the next checkpoint for the Russell Wilson news. Yeah, speaking of the Russell Wilson news, um, I guess there was a report that was on MHH today that basically from one of the Broncos beat writers or maybe an insider, Jeff Legwald, uh, basically saying, hey, the whole NFL knows what the Denver Broncos are going to do with Russell Wilson. I don't think it really comes as a big surprise, despite some of the chatter that's been happening this week about Russell Wilson being back with the Broncos. Yeah, basically, Jeff Legwald said that no one in the league expects it to happen. And uh, like you said, it's not exactly breaking news. It's a, a, a big ask. And you talk about it a lot, Scott, on Broncos for Breakfast. Like, why would Russell Wilson want to do anything that would help out the Broncos? You don't like me. You didn't value me. And I'm quoting you now, word for word, because I agree. You know, cut me and get rip the bandit off and get it over with. So I still think that's the most logical course of action. And it's only a, it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, see, that's the that's the thing that that kind of rankles me a little bit is the you know, and and I get it. We're we're fanatics, and we're going to defend the actions of some people are going to defend the actions of their team no matter what. And frankly, I don't blame anybody. You know, this is a a relationship that just hasn't worked out. Let's move on. So, but when the blame starts going to Russell Wilson of oh, if he cared about winning, if he wanted to win, he would do this. He would redo his deal. He'd take less money. You do that. First off, nobody takes less money. They just they take more money later. They kick it down the road and say, okay, well, I'll add two void years to my contract, and you can pay me two years after I'm out of the league. Nobody takes less money. They uh they might take, you know, they they might defer some money down the line, and that's fine. But you do that when the team is committed to you and you are a entrenched starter for this team. It's like, listen, hey, Aaron Rodgers, hey John Elway, hey Peyton Manning. 
if you help us redo this contract, I think I can get this wide receiver for you. Okay, I'll do it. Let's. What do we need to do? I mean, Matt Ryan restructured his contract every year for about eight straight seasons. But the Denver Broncos have shown that they are not committed to Russell Wilson. So therefore, he has no incentive to redo his contract. And to blame Russell Wilson for that, it's, it's silly. Oh, he'd take less money. Why? Why Why would he take less money when you don't want me? So again, I don't blame the Denver Broncos either. I don't, it's just, it's a, it's a relationship that hasn't worked out, but to, to place it all on one party or the other is to me, it's nonsense. Yeah. People are always looking to pick a side, Scott, and the contract is definitely a part of it. People also forget Russell Wilson on the field is not the right fit for Sean Payton or what the Broncos want to do either. A quarterback who did not stay on schedule, a quarterback who doesn't throw over the middle of the field, a quarterback who's like a, a two check uh, merchant. Now a quarterback that, uh, scrambles and, and, and finds himself in sacks and, and goes backward in, into trouble. That's not what Sean Payton wants. So even if Russell Wilson was um, less expensive, it's it's just oil and water, that marriage. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's just a, a different style of, okay, I'll go through one read. If it's not there, if I feel pressure, I'm going to bail and I'm going to try and make a play on my own. And the, uh, I was told a long time ago, a busted play is not a basis for an offense. And you know someone who is as OCD as Sean Payton doesn't want a freelancer at quarterback. He wants someone to go through reads and make the throw. You know, as, as easy as that sounds, it's not always so easy anymore. Want to say hello. Um, let me see here with, with Keith. Uh, we'll say some folks too while we're on topic here. Keith Brugman coming in with some stars over on Facebook. Thanks for breaking the ice over there for us, Keith. He says, gentlemen, why is it not an option to keep Russ and even let him be the number two? Maybe he can re renegotiate to play elsewhere. Um, because the the money that, you're that he's guaranteed goes up $40 million in a month. That's why. So it, it's, while it won't have really any ramifications on your salary cap, and in fact, it will make it, more palatable in the in the future um that's still 40 million dollars of somebody's money and i don't want to guarantee this guy 40 million dollars and pay him 40 million dollars i think it's 37 to be to be the backup so this is about let's get out from under this deal as quickly as possible because we don't think we can win with russell wilson and what we pay him so let's get out of it as soon as we can and as soon as you can is right now is right now. It also takes both sides to want that to work out. You know, from the Broncos perspective, why would they want to have the most expensive backup in NFL history with all the, the uh, I don't want to say baggage, but the, the headlines that Russell Wilson creates and from Russell Wilson's point the drama. of view, drama, drama, yeah, indirect or direct. But Russell Wilson's point of view, why would he want to stay there with a team and a coach who he knows is not for him is not on his side when he can go to another NFL destination and maybe start. So it is an option technically, Keith. I just don't think it's all that likely, Scott. Yeah. What was his guaranteed money? About 165 million? I'm gonna 165 million dollars and I'll go play somewhere else since yeah. you don't want me. Um, you know, or I can sit around and be a backup for 250 when you're gonna cut me anyway. So again, it's it's a relationship that is damaged, I think, beyond repair for for the most part and 
you know, when when the, the report from Legwald says no one in the NFL, no one around the league thinks that anything other than Russell Wilson being cut. Well, that's what we've said since the day he was benched. You know, now it's just starting to circulate a little more. Listen, we go live because we like having the conversation with y'all and we like having the uh, the input for the fan show. And uh, for people like David McElrath, who came in early, the Papa Bear came in before we even went live over on YouTube. And thank you for breaking the ice on YouTube for us. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Zach Dillon, Deacon Scott, Buckham Times 3, MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, David. Thank you for the support that you always show these shows. Um, Patrick Wiltsey, who is uh, our, an honorary member of uh, of MHH, keeping us all well caffeinated, that's for sure, with lioncoffee.com. Check him out over there. He says, Aloha, Bronco Verse. Do you see yet another Bridge QB or Jarrett Stidham? Okay, this is something I was thinking of that you and I could hit on because I guess uh, Andrew Mason, and I don't know how much inside information he has. I don't know the Denver beat writer. You know, I know if I see Cliss, I know that's basically, you know, unofficial PR. Um, that's coming from the, the press departments, <laughs> uh, officially unofficial. Um, but Andrew Mason sure has been talking up Sam Darnold a lot lately on, on the old Twix machine for some reason. I started thinking about it. You know, I don't know what he costs, probably not a ton. Jarrett Stidham, you could say $5 million if he moves on. Now, if you have to have a bridge quarterback, to me, and, and What's the difference for you? Because I know you said, I'd rather just stick with Jarrett Stidham. Why? Why Jarrett Stidham over somebody else who might be an upgrade over Jarrett Stidham that costs the same amount of money? So to me, a bridge is a bridge. Of If it's not Jarrett Stidham, then it can be somewhere else. I don't really, really care as long as it is a bridge to someone in the future that you can you can see a light at the end of that tunnel. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, we're in definite lockstep there. A bridge is a bridge is a bridge, and the uh, the focus should be on the uh, uh, young rookie quarterback they can groom. My thing is, though, Scott, yeah, you can get a better bridge. You can upgrade, but my thing is Sam Darnold wouldn't be an upgrade as a bridge on Jared Siddham. So let's say you have Sam Darnold and a rookie or Jared Siddham and a rookie. Are you really going to win more games with Sam Darnold as the bridge versus Jared Siddham? Not really. Uh, Mason's not the only one to talk about this. Mike Kliss has talked about it. Um, several uh, media members, national media members, have kind of put it out there that Sam Darnold could be a reclamation project. I just, if you already have one, why would you want to cut that one, sign one, and be back in the same place that you are? I, I just can't make sense of that, Scott. Yeah, I, I think the the question is, it's like, yeah, I, I would take an upgrade if I was going to get a bridge. Say I, I can't quite get my quarterback, or I need to have a veteran backup because I drafted uh, my my rookie in the first round, or even the second round. I, I got my my hopefully quarterback of the future. Um, and I understand, listen, why not reward the guy who has been there with Jared Stedham? He knows the system. He's been there for a while. Maybe it's an easier transition. I just start thinking along the lines of, you know, pure talent. If it's Jared Stidham or Jameis Winston or somebody like this, to me, that just says bridge. I don't really care who it is. You're not going, you know, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I've talked about one of the reasons you make a move with Russell Wilson is because you think that you can get similar type of production for 10% of the price, you know, and, and, and Sean Payton believes that. So you can get out from under that contract and move forward where you can then have free agency here become a factor for you in the next two years instead of four years down the line. I think Broncos fans are open to Sam Darnold because of the Baker Mayfield rejuvenation in 2023. They think they can capture that lightning in a bottle. But for every one Baker Mayfield that works out, there's a hundred veterans that go on to new teams that just absolutely bomb. And the Broncos have been privy to that over the course of the last eight years. Case Keenum, (laughs) Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater. I keep going on and on and on. So you can't sign someone who's, yeah, only 26, whatever he is, 28, in a former second overall pick, third overall pick, who had a decent season as the backup quarterback in San Francisco in the most um, player-friendly system under Kyle Shanahan's, and to come to Denver, new system, new coach, new surroundings, and suddenly be an upgrade under center over Jerry. It's convoluted, to say the least. uh, And For me, Baker Mayfield has been better in the NFL than Sam Darnold since he strapped on a helmet for the first time. It's not so much of a reclamation for, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, I like to call the Denver Broncos fan voice spoiled sometimes because, you know, you guys are a, a legit blue blood franchise with multiple championships, multiple Super Bowls uh, appearances. Um, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You've got tradition there because when it came about, it's like, I don't know what. I don't know what you would want Sean Payton for. He only won one championship with the New Orleans Saints. Guys, the New Orleans Saints had like six winning seasons in 40 years before he got there. That was a Herculean effort. That was 
it's it's really unfathomable to a Broncos fan that you could be in the dregs like this. You know, maybe if you are the Rockies fan also, but hell, the Rock the Rockies have had more success than the Saints. They were the bottom two franchises in the NFL. Baker Mayfield took one of those other three bottom franchises in the NFL and helped go to the playoffs. That was a Herculean effort as well, and he was much better, just got the right opportunity in the right situation again in Tampa and got to play comfortably, and I think he did really well. But Sam Darnold, never really been a fan. Uh, I think there's other ways you can go on that uh, rather than Sam Darnold. It surprises me that he's getting this much attention right now, honestly. Same. It does and it doesn't because every quarterback that hits the market since Peyton Manning, Broncos country, some sect of Broncos country has wanted to pounce. But not to be a negative Nancy, but here's the reality, Scott. 2024 is more than likely going to be a, a, a rough year for Denver. If not, why? Not why? Let's we can we can do 10 minutes on this one. Why? Because I'm going to play the other side of this. It's going to be a rough year for the Denver Broncos. Why? Well, I know you you believe that they weren't too far off, and I agree with you about mm -hmm. that. I just think if you insert Jared Sidham in there, a lot of the plays that Russell Wilson made that won or not won them the game, but kept them in the game, I don't think that Sidham has that sort of magic. The deep ball, the 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 Cortland Sutton type, and also they got a lot of luck on defense, Scott. The the turnovers with the winning streak, that's not entirely sustainable so if you're breaking in a rookie quarterback you're going through the growing pains i'm not saying they're going to have a two and 15 year but it mm -hmm. could be a seven and ten another eight and nine maybe nine and eight year and that would qualify if they don't make the playoffs to me as another rough one i i agree i, I think we're actually taking some of the production that russell wilson had for granted i think it's going to be harder to replace him with a Jarrett stidham than we might think but if you can get replacement level quarterback play, which is what Sean Payton is counting on when you bench Russell Wilson for Jarrett Stidham and basically cut ties and are ready to eat $40 million a year in dead cap money, you're saying, I can get this from anybody. I don't need Russell Wilson. So let's assume that's true. It's a big assumption. That's for sure. The players that you're losing right now I don't know how hard they're to how hard they are to replace. Also, Lloyd Cushenberry at center. Okay, he's all of a sudden the number one offensive center prospect, free agent in the NFL. To me, that speaks a little bit about how easy they are either to replace or the lack of depth at offensive center in uh, in the NFL. Josie Jewell, inside linebacker again. Um, Let's go, you know, who are some of the other players that are free agents that you think you might? Because you look on the other side of the ball and you look, the, the offensive line other than center is basically set. Your wide receivers are in flux. So it becomes, if you're talking about players that are big contributors to this team that was eight and nine last year, it's players that are still there that you're talking about could still leave. Cortland Sutton, uh, Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, you resign those guys. This team can get better, extend, work their cap down. I think this team can actually be better. But your point, I think, is yeah, but the eight and nine was a little bit of a mirage. Maybe they weren't that good last year. <laughs> they were they were better than I thought they would be after starting one and five. But here's my point: if you put in Sam Darnold to be the the bridge starter, or even Stidham for that matter. You better have 
elite talent at every spot around them in order to be a playoff team. That's the only way you have a shot. And last I checked, Scott, even last season, they didn't have elite talent everywhere. And this coming season, you talked about you might lose Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. What's going on at tight end? What's going on at center? What's going on with Garrett Bowles? What's going on with the running game? There are more questions than answers. And if they had more answers, I'd be a little more open to a bridge. But because they don't have those answers and they're rebuilding all of that at once, that's why I say it could be a rough year. And Phil McLaughlin has a question about Bowles as well. He says, could even Zach and Deacon Scott, do we assume Garrett Bowles is going and we need to draft a left tackle? Hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life, hashtag go Broncos. Zach, I'm going to take this one and then I'll hand it over because yeah. my partner in the morning, Nick Kendall, is all but convinced that Garrett Bowles is not going to be a Denver Bronco in 2024. That changes things dramatically yeah. about team building. The two anchors, left tackle, quarterback. You've already got one question at quarterback. Now you got another one. Now it's a lot easier, I think, to get a really good left tackle prospect at 12 than it is quarterback. I was going to say, if you trade Garrett Bulls, you're pretty much locking yourself into taking his replacement at 12 because you can't wait and then get a maybe a, a worse player. You would need a, a blue chipper to fill that spot or else what's the point of trading him? So I think what they do with Bulls will dictate how they go in round one. We would like to have the draft pick. I know you guys debated what Bulls could get in return. I'm with you. I think uh, a fourth or a third highest for Bulls, especially with his salary, would be... Um, would be best, but is that worth it? If you can only get a fourth Scott and you're giving up your starting left tackle, your franchise left tackle, is that a trade worth making? I think it's more about the fourth and then what you can get uh, in salary cap relief. So if I said, I'm going to get a, I'm going to send away Garrett Bowles. I'm going to get a fourth round pick and $10 million because right now it would be about, I think he's 20 on three or somewhere in there, but I think it's $16 million in savings. Uh, if someone were to pick up full freight for his entire 2023, 2024 salary. So I'm going to give you a fourth and $17 million in salary cap relief. Okay. Well, that's starting to sound pretty good. In fact, I was ready to do that <laughs> right before, right after that Jets loss. I was ready to burn the whole roster down uh, at one and four. I think that was, because then they, sh they played a pretty good game against the chiefs to make it one and five. Um, so I think that's what you start talking about. And it goes with Jerry Judy as well. You know, what's Jer Jerry Judy's worth more than a fifth round pick? No, no, no. It's fifth round and $13 million. That's where you start coming into this. And if you've got to, it's going to be a big signal to me on what this team's plans are for the very near future. If Bulls is traded for cap relief and a low pick, we're in rebound. We're in rebuild mode, Zach. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think the best case scenario would be that Bulls restructures his deal and makes it a little more team friendly. That way, you're not creating another roster need. You have your left tackle, and you can go into uh, twelve, taking whoever you want, whether it be a quarterback or another uh, area of need. Getting the feeling, at least you know, listening to Nick and you know Nick. Well, I don't ask sources. I'm like a newspaper editor. I don't ask for sources, but he just gets the idea that Bulls doesn't want to restructure his contract. He's had enough of the losing, which you can understand Broncos country and is looking for a fresh start as well. My contract is team friendly in that you can cut me without taking on a $85 million cap hit. You can cut me, you can trade me, you can do whatever without the financial ramifications being bad. 
I'm not restructuring this contract because what, how many, I've been a loser here since I've been here. I want to move on. And I I think that's what we're starting to hear. And and I don't, again, he's played long enough. He's paid his dues. He's earned that right as far as I'm concerned. And I know a lot of people, I'm I'm always pro player, man. A lot of people will say, you know, you know, you don't want to be here or, you know, anything like that. I don't want him here. Like, you've, you've earned that right. I'd, 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 wish him, I'd wish him well and hope you could get a decent return for it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Russell Wilson, with with Garrett Bowles. It's like, why should I do the team any favors? He Maybe he feels like he's done enough favors by suiting up and, and gritting it out day and day in and day out, week after week for a losing organization. But yeah, that locker room uh, press availability he had where he was just completely done and just on the verge of tears, that spoke volumes to me, Scott. Sam Bam, good to see you. Appreciate you being here. He says, hey, guys, I received my, that's me saying, hey, apologies, I'm a redneck. I received my Elway jersey today, and I got my profile pick updated with it. Good to see you. He says, thanks so much, MHH, and especially Michaela, the Duchess, looking out for your, for your kind generosity. Michaela won the jersey raffle and sent it to Sam Bam. How cool is that? What a great, we say it all the time, and it's just another example here of this MHH community and Broncos fans that have congregated here and have allowed me to become part of, I thank you. If I don't thank you enough, I want to thank you today for letting me become a part of this community because it's a fantastic community that that Chad and Zach have helped build here at MHH. And Sam is uh, right on the money here. uh, He says, Michaela, your generosity is going to turn the Broncos around and make them good again. It would not surprise me because Michaela has been that generous, and you guys, all of Broncos country, each and every one of you deserve to experience that turnaround, to experience a winning season. And uh, we just have to hope 2024, Scott, is finally that year. Let me see here. Here's that. And Michaela has a, a, a point here. She says, I think Peyton, uh, Sean Payton, has caused more harm than good. Uh, I was a very big advocate for Sean Payton. He was my number one choice. I said he was worth a first-round draft pick. The What I want to hedge on all of that, Zach, you've heard me say this before, is it's not Sean Payton, the coach. Sean Payton, the head coach, and is is absolutely worth a first-round pick, and I think he's one of the tops in the NFL. It's the GM. Sean Payton, the, gen- John- Sean Payton, the general manager, scares the hell out of me. Yep. And I'll say that about most really good coaches. I think it's a – I think their ego, going back to you know Top Gun, their ego writes checks or their body can't cash. They – it's a different skill set, but they don't really – they're, they're – I'm the smartest guy in the room, so therefore, 
I can do your job better than you, and I can do your job better than you, and I can do all of it better than you. Whereas a businessman would say, okay, I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm smart enough to hire guys that know how to do this better than me, this better than me, and this better than me. It's Sean Payton, the general manager, that scares the bejesus out of me, Michaela. And there's always that analogy, Scott, with the guy picking the groceries and making the meal. Well, in real life, it's easier that to was be a Parcells a... thing back in the day, Zach. You were probably too young for that, but that was a Bill Parcells thing way back when. But it's easier to make a meal, Scott, than it is to build a football team and, <laughs> and build a successful football team with that. So I am a thousand percent with you. I don't care if it's Sean Payton, Bill Belichick. I do not like when coaches also have that personnel uh, full autonomy. I just hope that Sean Payton hits on whatever he wants to do, starting at quarterback. And that's a bad analogy anyway. I might take it this way to say, hey, hey guys, if you if you think it's really that way, you might be the chef and you might know the groceries, but you're not the freaking farmer. You don't know how to grow the groceries and raise the the whatever animal you, you're going to use. You're not a farmer. You don't know how to build what this is, what this takes. It's or if you do, you don't know how to do it right away. There's guys that have been doing this that have grown up in the in the in the front office for years. A lot of those guys that were general managers were interns at one point and have come up through the system and learned on it. George Fox, appreciate you coming in with some stars. He says, I feel we trade back and get our quarterback in the second or third round. Gosh, that's dangerous. Hashtag MHH for life. Thanks for the great work for all you do for our fans. George, the one thing I would like about this is if you take a quarterback that early, it wouldn't preclude you from taking another one the next year. Take take one. Just because you took one in the second doesn't mean you shouldn't take one in the first the next year. You shouldn't be tied to that person until you get it right. And if you get it right more than once, great. Trade him. <laughs> Trade a quarterback. He'll be an appreciating asset. Well, I mean, is the scenario where the Broncos trade back? I assume you mean in the first round, George, like they move from 12 to 20 or whatever. Can they still take a quarterback at 20? So you're gaining a second or third round pick while still getting. I just, Scott, you got to emerge from this draft with a quarterback no matter what round. But I, and I feel like a lot of Broncos country uh, agrees with this sentiment. You, you want to have the blue chipper and you could debate Michael Penix or McCarthy or Bo Nix they are way more blue chipper than Pratt or Milton or Jordan Travis or any of those tier quarterbacks. So it's not ideal, George, if you do move back, but if you do, I still want the cue. And right. you know, one of the phrases I've liked to use for years when it comes to, um, you know, probability was, you know, if you want to try and build your team off the exception to the rule with a small enough sample size, I will prove any point you want. Well, hell, I should go get my Super Bowl MVP at the supermarket. He's stocking shelves somewhere, right, Kurt Warner? Well, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Brock Purdy was this guy. And, and there are. There are those exceptions. You can't count on that. You cannot count on it. You've got to take your shot early and then not be afraid to try and win the lottery by taking a flyer on a guy later. So, you know, if you've got Russell Wilson as your quarterback and you draft Joe Milton in the Fifth round, a very toolsy guy at Tennessee, and all of a sudden he shows up and he's Anthony Richardson, you know, who looked really good the first month of his career. Um, might not be the best. How about Randall Cunningham, Josh Allen, whatever? Ends up being a guy, great. But by God, if you try to say, okay, all we need is our quarterback, let's get one in the sixth round, you're screwed. You're 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 dead in the water.
I mean, there's for every Purdy or Prescott or Brady, there's a thousand quarterbacks in those middle rounds to late rounds that just bomb. And statistically, the quarterbacks that succeed, thank you. We'll get to you in a second, Michaela. Thank you. The quarterbacks that succeed, Scott, more than likely are drafted in the first round. So just take your chance, man. Shoot your shot. Yeah. And it, it is the hardest position, I think, to really evaluate because it it's requires the most of stuff you cannot measure. Football is a bigger, stronger, faster sport, except the quarterback position. Yeah, that's a becomes a thinking man. The closer you are to the, the ball, except for the running backs, the more it is a cerebral position from quarterback to center to inside linebacker to safety right at the middle. The farther away you get from the ball, the more athleticism comes into play. And, uh, you know, who comes into play for us on a regular basis? Hall of gotcha. Famer is Michaela Parker. Uh, we were just just talking about you. Um, you know, knew you're here <laughs> like you usually are. She says, because I love you all. We love you too. You guys are a bright light when I've had a bad day. Sunshine MHH. Sunshine. That's a good nickname. Sunshine. You know, uh, it, it just, it means brightness. So you are sunshine to the MHH pod, Michaela, and we certainly appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you, Michaela. Yeah, sunshine around these parts in Broncos country, Scott, means uh, Jordan Taylor, former receiver. So uh, it's it's re- received pretty well. Uh, Michaela would know about that, but appreciate you, Michaela, as always, the Duchess. And uh, you make us feel better, too. I mean, physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm still a little sick tonight, but just seeing your generosity, no BS, makes me feel better. And I can, I can speak for everyone when I say that. Yeah, makes it worth. It, it, it's folks like y'all that make it worth doing what we do. Otherwise, it'd just be me and him in the green room you know, we probably use harsher language, um, but uh, but that's <laughs> but that's about it. I have a kind of a potty mouth. Uh, David Yunkin. David's been in here since I, I built the stream early today, uh, and I'll be here for another two weeks or so. So hopefully, you won't get too sick of me until Chad comes back. Uh, he says, "But let's say Denver gets a quarterback. Then how long does Stidham play? Eight weeks or what, David? I think it depends on where you get that quarterback." Um, you get a 23-year-old quarterback in the first round, he's playing early. He's playing really early, maybe even week one. We saw the top three guys taken last year start week one. Will Levis took a little longer. He fell to, I think, the first pick of the second round, so into the 30s. But the uh, the thir- first three guys, they all played right away. And, you know, this idea, David, that, uh, well, let's just do what Jordan they did with Jordan Love. To me, that's kind of ridiculous. It's like, uh, Jordan Love isn't good because he sat for three years. Jordan Love is good because he's good. He probably would have been better in year four of his career if he had played the first three. You know, assuming he didn't get his brains beat in, but the Packers are a good organization. These guys are getting drafted early to play and, and play. If they're ready to play, you play them. If all they need is experience, then play them. Now, some of those guys will take a little bit longer. But if you're getting a 23-year-old quarterback in the first round, 24, actually. I think those guys are – I think Penix and Knicks are turning 24 uh, before the start of the season. You're playing them soon. You're playing them right away, David. Yeah, there's no real one-size-fits-all developmental path for every quarterback. It's it's really specific and unique to that quarterback. And I was going to say, Scott, kind of the same thing. It depends who the Broncos draft. If they make a big splash for Drake May or Jaden Daniels, they're probably going to play sooner than later. But if you land with a Knicks or a McCarthy or even a Penix for that matter, you're probably going to want to give them most of the season to kind of get their bearings and learn behind a veteran a la you know, Jordan Love or Alex Smith. 
you know, and RD follows up on this. He says, I think an upgraded bridge is we were talking about, you know, can you get somebody, you know, a, a reclamation project who has, who's better than, uh, you know, what you got Baker Mayfield for was like a million. You got him for a song um, in Tampa last year. And, and Baker played some pretty good ball in Cleveland. I went through that already and bounced around in some bad situations. I mean, who's, who's come out of Carolina recently, including Sam Darnold, that uh, makes you say, oh, yeah, I got to have that guy on uh, at quarterback. Uh, but we don't want to win seven games instead of five. He says, I think you start Stidham until whatever rookie we draft is ready to sink or swim, even if it's a fourth-round quarterback. That's what it comes down to, R.D., um, the, what's going to make this a little bit tough, but maybe not because of the position itself. And some of those bridge guys will be sitting around until after the draft, but free agency is before the draft. There might be some quarterbacks who are unemployed. Some of these bridge guys that are unemployed until after the draft and people see who they're going to get. Can we make a trade about the one that I think, I think Kirk cousins will be done before the draft. I think Justin Fields will be done before the draft. Uh, after that, it's 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 it. We'll see. We'll see. Rd. That's kind of my point too. It's it could be a year where you win seven games, you win five games, and you're not going to be very competitive. And I'll say this: if that's going to be the case, okay, fine, rebuild. I, I get it. That's what you have to go through. But it's a lot more palatable, and you can deal with it easier when you're going through a seven-win season and your backup, the guy waiting in the wings is a Knicks or is a Penix or is a McCarthy or whoever versus a Milton or a Pratt or someone lower level like that. So that's what I'm saying. The bridge doesn't matter. It's who's behind the bridge, who's entering the bridge on the on-ramp that matters. And I want <laughs> that guy, Scott, to be a blue chipper as possible. And it's going to be tough. I think it really is. Now, the idea that there's a fourth quarterback in J.J. McCarthy that is in there with the other three is very, very good for the team drafting number five. And who's been talking J.J. McCarthy up? Jim Harbaugh and the San Diego. I call him San Diego until I die. The L.A. Chargers. Uh, they have the most incentive to get somebody to want to come up to five and get another quarterback. I think Arizona goes, uh, unless one of those top three fall, I think Arizona stays there and takes Marvin Harrison Jr. And if Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone one through three, then Arizona will want to trade down and, and get a haul for one of those other three quarterbacks. All right, appreciate you coming in. Deanna Hendry coming in. Look at the ladies of MHH. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, coming in uh, and, and floating the show for us, keeping us afloat. Keeping my the lights on, as they like to say, my forehead nice and shiny. He says, we need an offensive line. We need a quarterback, definitely a bridge year. It's going to be a rough year for fans, but I still think we'll be okay. It's time to move on to a winning team again. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, the, the question is, you know, if you don't have the quarterback and you swung big, you know, I don't think anybody really 
complained at the trade at the time. There weren't too many negative talks about the trade. I was a little apprehensive about the the contract extension, but as Nick has repeated, and I agree with him, you probably don't get to make that trade unless basically there's a handshake deal for that contract already being done. Um, he turns it down. So that was part of it and not just a, you can't go back on that. Uh, I think that contract was basically already done when he was traded. Um, gosh, that was a, that was a big gamble on here. Need an offensive line. You need Mike McGlinchey to play a full preseason and a full camp and be healthy. You need Quinn Miners to take the next step in his development. You need Ben Powers to play a little bit better. And then you need a final replacement center, whether it's Alex Forsyth or um, I can't remember that. Is it Henningsen? Is he the, the other? Uh, yeah, it's Henningsen's on the other side of the ball, isn't he? Um, it's uh, Wattenberg. Um, I don't think he's it. It might be Forsyth. And then what do you do left tackle? That's That could be really interesting. What we start talking about and doing mocks at 12, I think it's going to have something to do with what happens with, with Garrett Bowles. Yeah, you kind of made every point I was going to make, Scott. The only thing I'll add is if you want to become a winning team, Deanna, and, and you 100% should, every Broncos fan should want the team to be a winning team, you're not going to do that by spinning your wheels for another year with a, whatever term you want to use, reclamation, project, holdover, bridge, whoever. The best way to do that, to be a consistent winner, is to find the guy. And you're only going to find the guy by taking that chance and hoping that you can connect. Deanna, it's good to see you. Uh, I know Thank you've you, probably been busy and, and maybe a little apathetic to uh, to football right now, but it's good to good to see you back in the chat. Appreciate you being here. It means a lot to us. Dave from Georgia, how'd you like this? It feels like spring here in Georgia. I hope you. I hope Dave, you've been able to get outside lately. It's uh, it's been gorgeous. Says uh, howdy Broncos country, Zach and Scott. Hope everyone is well. Well, thank you. Not much else to say, so we'll just say thank you. Thank you, Dave. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag Denver Broncos for life, hashtag Broncos country. Michael Roche, uh, hope I got that right, Roche, uh, says, what's up, guys? It's rare for me to catch a live show. I'm glad you made it. Sorry, I'm, I'm not better looking. He says, uh, so if Sean Payton selects a rookie quarterback in the draft, what should the bare minimum goal be next year? I don't know. <laughs> Do you, uh, you know, is your, is your roster in good enough shape where you could go on a Houston type of run and, and get nine and eight, 10 and seven, and, and, and maybe eke your way into the playoffs? Maybe. Um, but when I think bare minimum goal, I think if you don't hit this, you are fired. So, you know, I think that would take a, I'm not sure what that would take, honestly, just based on what happens over the next few weeks. Are we in a full rebuild? Is Simmons here? Is Sutton here? Is Bowles here? If those three guys are gone and you draft a rookie quarterback, Sean Payton's safe next year. Yeah, Michael, uh, this would be a lot easier to answer if you asked us this on like May 1st when we have more of a read on the team. Um, it, it depends what rookie quarterback Sean Payton would be selecting. If you tr make the trade up for Drake May, that blockbuster move, the expectation would be Something along the lines of C.J. Stroud playoffs in the first year or what Anthony Richardson was doing before he got hurt. They were on the path to becoming a playoff team. You're going to, at minimum, hope for nine, ten wins. But if it's Bo Nix or McCarthy where it could be a multi-year process, then you're not going to have much expectation in terms of uh, winning if that's your goal. 
Appreciate you, Michael. Gary Palmer comes in. He says, good evening, Zach and Scott. Good to see you. The swashbuckler. It's hard for some fans to let go of Russ. Um, you know, there's there's a faction of fans that are more fan of a player than a team. And they go back and forth on this. There's the defenders of the program who the team can do no wrong. There's a defender of the player. The player can do no wrong. It's totally binary. And the truth is somewhere right down the middle. And this, like I said at the top of the show, I just think it's a a relationship that hasn't worked. I don't think Russell Wilson has come in and not tried his hardest. Uh, you know, I don't blame him. He didn't. He didn't just get fat and lazy. You know, he's he's doing his best. His best just isn't good enough for what he's being paid right now, and that's okay. Time to move on. But when Sean Payton was hired, he understood it was possible that you would be able to let go, go with the flow. Gary, I agree one hundred percent. And I'm you're on enough of our shows. You've heard me say it. Sean Payton was hired with the idea that he could hit the nuke button if he needed to. And that's what the nuke button did. And as, as David follows up here, as just kind of a flow with Gary's super chat, he says, I see Sean knew what he was going to do when he benched Rust. Yes, he did. And he had the okay from ownership that they could eat $85 million in dead cap money. He had that okay before he took the Denver Broncos job. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the last comment. Go with the flow. Sean Payton's the one holding all the keys right now. He's the $18 million a year coach. He has all the job security. He's the de facto general manager making the personnel decisions. Whether you like it or hate it, it's in Sean we trust. So if Sean determined that Russell Wilson's not the guy, all we can do is support that opinion and uh, go forward. Uh, Michael Ranquillo, because you are so special to us, I will entertain this question with Zach. (laughs) <laughs> what about bringing back Drew Locke to the Broncos, who is a free agent? I think Sean Payton can work wonders with Drew Locke. I don't know that he would like to. I, I, I don't think Locke would fit his style too much, Scott. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that's not staying in structure very often, a quarterback that's prone to the same kind of mistakes or turnovers as Russell Wilson was. And also from Drew Locke's point of view, why would you want to come back to Denver? You have a cushy gig in Seattle. Your star has risen there. Geno Smith's not long. You might take over for him at some point. He's a free agent, though. Drew Locke, they, they, the new coach, has to want him back. I don't see – even if he doesn't go back to Seattle. I mean, why would he want to come back to Denver? There's 30 other teams. Yeah, I agree. I think he'd find a better situation for himself, for Drew Locke. And, uh, again, we're talking bridge quarterbacks. And, you know, we mentioned – I think there's not a hell of a lot of difference between Sam Darnold and Drew Locke. One just was drafted a lot higher, therefore, and he got more attention for it. Uh, but as far as the success or lack thereof in the same bonehead throws and putting the ball in harm's way way too often with similar arm talent, I think they're very, very close to being the same guy. Uh, Aaron, 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 Aaron. he says trade the entire draft for a quarterback Ditka style uh yeah the the Saints back in the day traded their entire draft for running back Ricky Williams can you imagine doing that now with what everybody thinks about running backs this was back when running back was cool I don't know that it'd be enough I don't think I, I think you could say you can have my entire draft and I don't think you get it in the top three that's how adamant I am about those teams in the top three going quarterback themselves it's again, 
everything that we are saying about the quarterback position and the need for the Denver Broncos and the desperation for getting that blue chip guy applies to every team except maybe the Bears who are sitting at number one and have the first pick and want the top pick because they want to reset the quarterback position. The Patriots need a quarterback. The Commanders need a quarterback. Everything we are saying about the Denver Broncos, they're saying about those teams. And guess what? They don't have to give anything up to get their guy. Ain't happening, man. Yeah, and the last mock, the PFF mock, where the Broncos went up and got Drake May, they did give up pretty much their entire draft. But it's not hard to do when you only have six picks, two of which are in the top 75. I mean, you go from the first round to the third round to what, the fourth or sixth? I mean... Do you have to just replicate the draft when the didn't he just that that whole article annoyed me because it took it did not take into account the difference in quality of prospect and just looked at draft number slot number. Oh, well, this is what the 49ers paid to get from 12 to three for a division one double a FC alphabet soup quarterback who hadn't played in a year because of, uh, of, of COVID and only had one year of starting experience. They gave up that for three. What do you think they're getting up for an LSU Heisman trophy winner? Come on, man. It's apples and oranges. And Miami didn't need a quarterback. They already had theirs. I do want to raise a point that you made to this audience or a point that you made. I want to make it to this audience. Um, the third quarter, the third team picking in the draft or the Patriots. Now, what, what happens? This is a great uh, observation by you, Scott. If they go out and they trade for Kirk Cousins and they get a quarterback in, in free agency, they might want to move down, which would open up a spot for the, the Broncos to jump up. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Or they might want to stay there and go Marvin Harrison Jr. and get their Randy. Do y'all remember Randy Moss? With Tom Brady, <laughs> I think that was Brady's 50 touchdown year. They might want to go and get Kirk Cousins that weapon. Don't kill my and, dream, Scott. And stay right there. But I think they would be more open to it. Yeah. So that's the thing. Watch what Kirk Cousins does. Cousins, what Kirk Cousins does. And we'll see. Uh, if he ends up at Washington, if he ends up at New England, forget everything I said. They're open for business. <laughs> But uh, right now, I think it is going to be all but impossible to get into the top three because everything we're saying about the desperation for these teams, for the Atlanta Falcons, for the the Denver Broncos, applies to the teams who are already sitting at three. One, two, three. Going to be tough. Phil McLaughlin has a question. We're at 45 minutes, so we're probably going to get out of here pretty soon. So appreciate you, Phil, coming back in. He says, guys, is the 985 that Jonas Griffith, linebacker Jonas Griffith, got guaranteed? The details of that have not been released, but I would be absolutely shocked if they were a million dollars guaranteed on a guy that hasn't played in a year coming off of an injury. I would be shocked, Phil. There might be a small signing bonus. Yeah. All we know, Phil, is that he's he's back on a one-year deal. He was going to be an RFA. Now he's officially under contract. I'm with Scott. I mean, they, he he hasn't played two years in a row. He missed the last eight games of 22 with a foot. He missed all of last year with an ACL. You can't sink any money into a guy that could be cut in a week from now. So yeah, I'm glad he's back temporarily, but not by much. And typically you go more guaranteed with more competition. Who are you in competition for to get Jonas Griffith? Yeah. 
I'd be surprised anyway. This similar question came up this morning about Tim Patrick, about wide receiver Tim Patrick. You don't need to bid against yourselves. Tim Patrick hasn't played in going on three years now, uh, or maybe it's two. He's been out two full years. That makes it feel like it's been an off season plus two years is almost three calendar years since he's played. You don't need to bid against yourself on that one when you want to give him a non-guaranteed deal to come in and, and play because he is going to be cut and or strong-armed into restructuring his deal uh, before the uh, before next season because his he's not playing on a $16 million cap hit. That's for sure. Um, there's a question here. I feel like I missed it. Was it draft time? Did I miss this one? Did I not read this one? He says, what about Sam Darnold and Spencer Rattler? Uh, we went through why Sam Darnold or Jarrett Stidham earlier draft time. And, um, you know, why not uh, Stidham or Darnold? There's not a huge difference for me right now. Um, to me, they're both in the same category. Not good enough. Okay. So there's your bridge. And Spencer Rattler, if he you can get him in the third, I think would be a, a good risk. I think that would be a very good risk. He might even slide up a little bit into the top. 75 maybe um i think he's he's at one point he was being talked about as a high first round pick and then his the this the shine came off of his star leaving oklahoma got beat up by caleb williams humbled himself and had a lot of success with south carolina and i think he's he's re he's had a redemption arc in college football and i think spencer rattler is going to be a good value pick for somebody zach uh, to each their own, but this would be like worst case scenario for me. And I have like a non-hypothetical question to each potential option. Like, what are the odds that Sam Darnold is going to be a franchise quarterback for you? Pretty low. What are the odds that Spencer Rattler is going to hit and become your franchise guy? I don't think very high. What are the odds for Jared Sidham? I'm admittedly very low as well. But what are the odds for Knicks, McCarthy, Penix, yada? They're higher. So I, again, it's just a matter of opinion. It's subjective. That's not my plan. A is to end up with Darnold and Rattler as the one. Yeah. And I think you can get one of those guys at 12. Do you want to, is a question. Do you have a choice at this point, you know, where you don't want to reach. I, I preach that all the time. Don't reach. That'll set you back, especially at 12. You get a quarterback at 12, the pressure to play him and to stick with him for at least probably three seasons. I, I think, that said, I think we've seen uh, people willing to pull the plug a lot sooner than we ever used to. Uh, Trey Lance, who trades for three three first round picks for a quarterback and doesn't play him? That's that's unheard of. I mean, he started and got injured, I know, but then gets replaced and doesn't. He got Wally pipped by by uh, by Brock Purdy. Uh, Josh Rosen was replaced after one year and 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 sent away for the number one overall pick in, in Kyler Murray. So what made would make me feel more comfortable about drafting a quarterback at 12 is knowing that teams, Russell Wilson teams are a little bit more likely to move on from, even if they not to not keep sinking good money after bad. If, if it's not working, it's not working. We need to make a change. Now that goes against some of the talk we've had in here, Zach, about not developing your guy. Most guys don't get the chance to develop because they're not good enough. 
Yeah, I just don't know the odds that Rattler is going to be develop into the guy. I'm not the biggest Rattler fan, but again, if it's what Sean Payton wants, if he thinks that's the best course of action, all we can do is really support that. That move. it means you missed on the guys at the top. All right. This is a, this is a. It means you missed on the guys at the top. Um, I don't think it's a plan you want draft time going in, but it wouldn't be an awful consolation prize if you couldn't get the guy that you wanted. And you don't want to reach and waste the number 12 when, hey, I need a left tackle and I just passed up on four really good ones to take a quarterback that that couldn't play. Uh, Phil coming in again. He says, does Russ go to New England, Pittsburgh, or the Falcons? Speaking of low risk, for the other teams that are involved, Russell Wilson is going to be a zero risk proposition because they're going to pay him about 1.5 million dollars and that'll be 1.5 million dollars that the broncos get back on their cap so they can sign jonas griffith um it's not a lot i don't know i still feel like pittsburgh is the best situation and jeremy had a i said that this morning and nick disagreed with me he just likes that zach robinson he likes the weapons the falcons have and i'll jeremy said what i was thinking is no one has ever chosen the Falcons over the Steelers for football reasons. <laughs> I'm like, I agree. I, I agree with that. So I think Pittsburgh is the team to watch for the quarterback dominoes to fall. Who, who goes to Pittsburgh? And then, then we can start going from there. They're, they're number one in the pecking order for me. Yeah. I don't see new England. I think they'll draft their guy or like we talked about, maybe make a play for Kirk cousins. The Falcons, eh, they're going to probably go for a more dynamic quarterback. Pittsburgh, though, they hired Arthur Smith. They're a smash-mouth team with uh, Jalen Moore and Najee Harris. If they improve the O-line a little bit, they have some receiving weapons, great dominant defense, good coaching. That could be a plug-and-play destination for Russell Wilson. One more that wasn't mentioned here, it's in the Broncos division, the Raiders. There's been some talk and speculation that uh, he can end up in, in Las Vegas going against the Broncos twice a year. Sure. Another, another situation where um, a good running game, just solid weapons around them. If they can do some more things on defense, it could entice them to stick it to Denver. Keith Brugman says, could Russ return to Seattle? I don't see that happening. No. Uh, there would be a mutiny. The, the, the way that the fans there, not that fans make decisions, but the way that the fans crapped all over him on the way out and kind of the way he forced his way out, I think that, bridge is burned too i'm noticing a pattern here zach about the burning bridges dave from georgia coming in again and says i feel like bo nix played college ball as long or longer than stetson bennett am i wrong uh hashtag football priest no he was in college for a long long time uh i think he only played five seasons though i've looked this up a bunch because i think he played he started three at auburn and uh then he had um he played three at Auburn. So 19, 20, 21 at Auburn, 22, 23. So he got, he got his fifth year of playing eligibility with, uh, with the COVID year. And that's how he ended up playing what 60 something games. I can't even add that much in my head while I'm talking. Um, but you watch what he does. And I said, a naysayer would say he was terrible at Auburn, the competition, and then a fan would say, well, he grew up, he got experience, yep. he learned and he got better and he improved and he was freaking good at Oregon. So truth is somewhere in the middle in there for sure. Um, but most folks down in my neck of the woods don't want anything to do with Bo Nix. Um, I try and see both sides of it. And I, I just tried to see 
past my Auburn SEC bias and try and evaluate him. And I just, I don't know that I see the tools there for a top 15 pick for me, but it's really, really hard to argue with the, the production that just doesn't, doesn't just happen. You don't go 45 or 48 touchdowns against three interceptions because you don't know how to play the position. Yeah, there are things not to like about Bo Nix, but the one thing to definitely like about him is the experience that you were talking about. And Sean Payton is from that Bill Parcells era where they value four-year starters, four-plus-year starters in college. Guys with experience that can run an offense and kind of hit the ground running. Now, he wouldn't hit the ground from day one in Denver, but I think having that body of work would bring Sean Payton some comfort if they did pull the trigger. And people, you know, well, he had five different offensive coordinators. Well, the naysayer in me would say, well, that's because he got his previous offensive coordinators fired uh, at Auburn. <laughs> um, but the other part of me, the positive side of me would say, well, then he's obviously pretty good at picking up new systems. That's a positive for going to the NFL and learning and shows that he's smart. So again, it's truth somewhere in the middle. Um, Bonix, I think, is maybe the most polarizing prospect of the of the quarterbacks right now. Um, Michael Penix is like, yeah, we love him, but the injuries scare me. That's pretty universal. Um, the top three are pretty much considered the top three. And then J.J. McCarthy is waffling a little bit, but in the upper half of the first round. Is he? Could he go four? Could he go 14? I think is is where he is, but but there's a lot of mock draft sites and how Bonix in the second round, and that's a big difference than oh he's went number eight to the quarterback desperate Atlanta Falcons. Um, Phil McLaughlin he says uh, I kind of like Joe Milton. How high would you take him? I'd take him in the middle rounds. I'd be okay with that, and um, if I don't mind wasting. There's an old saying in basketball, if you're going to miss, miss on a seven-footer. Well, now they're all seven-footers. But, you know, back in the day, that actually meant something. So I kind of changed that around to, you know, hey, if I'm going to miss on a guy, miss on a guy that runs a 4-3. Joe Milton has all the tools in the world. And if I'm going to miss on a third or fourth-round pick, fourth round, let's say that's about as high as I'd go. If I'm going to miss on a fourth-round pick, I'm going to miss on a quarterback that has all the tools in the world. And if I flush it down the toilet, so be it. Maybe I get lucky. Maybe it's worth that risk to me. It's a, it's a low risk, high reward scenario. Probability is low. I'm okay with that for a guy like Joe Milton. Yeah. I was going to say the third, a little too rich for my blood yeah. to be taking a gamble yeah. on him. Fourth round though. It's weird how just one round makes a difference, but I'd be way more um, amenable to it. I wouldn't be my first option, but if they want to take a flyer, like you said, no risk, but all reward. If it doesn't work out, you're not investing anything monetarily or otherwise. And if it does work out, well, you just found a, a quarterback in the fourth round. I, I just think with the third round, I can get really good non-premium position players as starters in the third. Oh, After yeah. that, it starts getting a little harder. But in the top 100, I can get an inside linebacker. I can get a safety. I can get a center. I can get a guard. And I can start them, and they can be good uh, if I do my scouting right. So I don't want to risk a good starting caliber player for a long shot. Fourth round, I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to take that. Michael Rancio coming in with some big stars to finish us off tonight. Thank he you, says, Mike. great show tonight. Zach and Scott on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Go Broncos. Zach, I think that is a great way to wrap us up tonight if you want to get us out of here. 
Yes, sir. Another tremendous installment of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Chad at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking each and every podcast, check out MHHmerch.com and get you some. If you haven't, please drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle pod. You can also find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle and an Apple podcast. Make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, I don't know why I sounded Italian there. If anything, please subscribe, Mm -hmm. like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Want to give a shout out to our Super Chat superstars and our Facebook star supporters. David McElrath kicking us off on YouTube. Keith Brugman kicking us off on Facebook. Phil McLaughlin coming in several times. Sam Bam, George Fox, David Yunkin, RD, Dave from Georgia, Michael Roche, Gary Leeds, Palmer, Draft Time, Deanna Hendry, Michaela Parker, Arwen, I cannot pronounce your last name, Hofferdian, Hofferdian, um, Nailed it. (laughs) Close enough. And again, Michael Ronquillo closing us out. Thank you to all of you for keeping the lights on and helping us keep doing what we do to try and make these shows bigger and better than ever. We will see you Sunday. Scott and I back for another episode of the MHH podcast. Have a great start to your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.